Hi, my name is Sean Fennell. I am the Marketing and Community Relations Director for the Muskingum County Library System and your host of The Repod. Today we are joined by Samantha Maxwell, our Human Resources Director here at the library. Uh, so she is one of my colleagues that I get to work with all the time, and so we are very excited to um, have her on as our guest for this episode of The Repod. Uh, we are lucky enough that we have a human resources director that likes to read a lot. When I was thinking about who could be a guest on here, I was like, wait a minute. Samantha always talks about being in book clubs, and we talked a lot about some books that are some of my favorites, like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Um, so I, uh, she's one of the people that I like to talk to, talk books with. And so I'm like, you know what? Let's record it and make it a podcast. So without further ado, I just want to quickly introduce Samantha Maxwell. Hello, Samantha. Thank you for being here. Hey, thanks for inviting me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this is the first job you've had in public libraries, right? Yes, in public libraries. Yeah. Absolutely. But lots and lots of experience uh, in HR as well, but um, you're from the area originally. I am. Um, so yeah, i born and raised here in Muskingum County. Um, I graduated from Maysville High School in 2005. Um, I went to Ohio University, Zanesville, um, and got my undergrad. Um, from there, got married, uh, moved to Minot, North Dakota with my husband. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, a little, oh, little okay. far away. We were about 30 minutes from the Canadian border, um, so we were <laughs> high up, super cold, um, super windy, super flat. Yeah. Um, but that was a great experience. Uh, while I was there, I got my master's in human resources, and that's where I really started my, my career. And oh God, that was a few a years ago. A little over 10 years ago. A little over um, 10. Time, <laughs> time has a way of getting away from you. So yeah, um, we spent about five years in North Dakota um, decided that was probably enough and needed a place to de-thaw. Um, mm -hmm. So we moved down to Orlando, Florida, where we were, where we lived. We were about 45 minutes away from Disney, 45 minutes away from um, Cocoa Beach and the ocean. Uh, and that was a great time. Uh, I worked for Orange County government down there. Um, and that's where I really dove into my HR career. Um, we were there again for just, just under five years. Um, we had our first child and decided we wanted to be closer to home. So we moved back um, and have been here since 2019. Again, and just re-acclimating re ourselves to the area. And happy to be here. And that's how we were lucky enough to be able to get Samantha to uh, be on our leadership team here at the library. Yeah. So how has it been working at public libraries? Anything that surprised you? I thought it would be um, very quiet <laughs> and... I don't want to say boring because that, but just, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand, yeah. Quiet, I mean, it's a library, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but it's such an active place. There's so much going on. Um, the staff here is just phenomenal. I, I, I say it every day, like this is the best place to work. 
um, I feel very fortunate to have uh, found this position. I, I, you know, I, I feel the same. This is a really, it is a very special library system. Um, I don't, and I don't think that's just, to, you know, for me, uh, a lot of people, you know, it's a really wonderful place to work. That's why we have so many people that have worked here for 20 or more years and, you know, people wanting to work with us. And it's just, it really is an incredible place. I didn't start my career in public libraries either. I found uh, myself working in a public library and realized that, oh, this, this is where I want to be. This is awesome. So we are happy to have you here, especially since you are such a big reader. Yeah. Um, so big fan, big fan of books. Um, That's not a requirement to work at the library, <laughs> but not. we do. It's I not. mean, you know, I mean, uh, Samantha's never let me put that in my interview questions, <laughs> but maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, that's just, you know, it's not, that's not a sticking point um, for any of the positions we have. Um, there may be some where you need to be at least somewhat familiar with books, but. <laughs> yes, 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 of course, of course, no, but uh, we are lucky enough that Samantha is, of course, a big reader, and she uh, is passing that along to her children. Yeah, I am. Um, so as I mentioned, we had our first down in Florida. Um, she is getting ready to turn five years old oh and gosh. going into kindergarten next year. Um, and last year we had our second child. Um, and so in a matter of a few weeks, she is turning one. Um, so both of them have like little libraries in their own rooms um, and every night um, you know we, we pick a couple out so we can read um, and I guess that kind of segues into um, my first book which is our reread mm -hmm. I'm sure as many listeners know uh, kids love repetition <laughs> um, as soon as you finish a book they're like let's do that again uh, and so one of those that has um, really jumped out is a book called Max and the Tagalong Moon, and that's by uh, Floyd Cooper. Um, it's an adorable little story about a little boy who um, visits his grandfather, and they're on that car ride home, and right before they leave, the grandfather's like, you know, that old moon will always shine for you. And the little boy's a little suspicious, and as they leave, they see, you know, Grandpa fade away into the distance, and he's expecting the moon to do the same thing, and the moon follows them on their car ride. Um, and it's just this, it's an adorable little story, and um, my oldest, uh, she just fell in love with it. Um, and it's not a book that I would have picked up like a lot of the ones that we have purchased um, or been given are those real um, popular like the very hungry caterpillar uh, you know or the, those types yeah those um, really really classic books yes that, yes that people have we've read and we you know we've all kind of heard of. yeah yeah um, but we signed um, Cecilia up when we moved back um, we signed her up for the imagination library through um, with Dolly Parton and this is one of those books that we got um, from that program. So, you know, again, it's just, it has become her favorite book and we read it every, every week, multiple times in that week. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, just from your description, it does seem like you may have an idea of how uh, that story goes. 
You may have it memorized a little bit at this you point, know, just no, a tiny I, bit. Yeah, no, I don't have any of those lines uh, beat them. But. Uh, <laughs> but no, see, that is one of the things that I think is so wonderful about um, the Dolly Parton Imagination Library is that, you know, families with, you know, very young children, I believe it's zero to five, is that correct? Yes, so yeah. Cecilia's almost uh, reached that cap. Oh, so she's almost going to graduate I, from Dolly Parton Imagination Library. Yes, that's so, we've got Lucy yeah. coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she can still kind of yeah. read some yep, of those books. Yep, There's not so going to be... Be be any gap in her uh, in right. her collection for yes. the next five years, well, four years, I guess. Um, but is the, is the ability to really expose children to a variety of books that they um, wouldn't have access to for a variety of reasons as well? You know, maybe you know their parents aren't just drawn to that. Maybe there's a socioeconomic reason as well, or just uh, you know busyness or access. And so that's one of the things that um, when we were when you shared with me your um, your reread, I thought that was such a an interesting take on that category for this podcast. Um, is bringing in a book that you know you read to your children and one that you wouldn't have picked out, and is through such an incredible program like the Dolly Parton Imagination Library. Um, so we have full size um, Dolly Parton cutouts coming around to every location, so you can keep your eye on it that and please 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 if you are listening to this and you have a child in the state of ohio really um you can sign up for the dolly parton imagination library and you can also have your little ones between the ages of zero and five sign up for and get their books too and maybe they will discover their favorite book Um, and you too can memorize a book that you would not have normally been drawn to as well so thank you for thank you for thinking outside the box yeah you know that's uh that's what i do (laughs) yeah it's good stuff very very good um and i have to admit like there's something about me even as like a full-grown adult there's something really soothing about looking at like the children's picture books Mm -hmm. sometimes even the ones i haven't read before it's just the art is so wonderful and the way that they're able to merge words and images Mm -hmm. um and then you know there's there's always this a kind of a beautiful message yes you know i think especially those books you read in childhood revisiting those as an adult uh it's definitely a different perspective you know you obviously you see things that um you wouldn't have noticed as a kid um i have uh shed a few tears more than once on some (laughs) books that i i can't i can imagine (laughs) i absolutely can um and so now back to a book that you have read for yourself. Yeah. Um, and this one sounded, when you talked to me about it, um, and you said there might be a few spoilers in this particular this particular section, so if you don't like spoilers, um, uh, you know, fast forward just a little bit here. But it sounds pretty fascinating, honestly. I'm, I'm, I think I might have to give it, give it a read despite what you're going to share with us. Yeah, so um, this is my rewrite. Uh, Leave the World Behind by Ruman Alam. Um, And it's really a suspense thriller. Um, It's a real slow burn. Uh, If you look for this book and you read some comments, um, that was probably one of the complaints that it was very wordy and long-winded. And um, the reason why it's my rewrite, overall I did, I, I love the book. Um, but the reason why it's my rewrite 
is because the ending is so unsatisfying. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, it's a suspense book. It builds up. It's a slow build up. And it goes nowhere. So again, with spoilers, getting more specific in that. Um, I'd say spoil it. Okay. Totally spoil it because when wait. you described it to me, <laughs> I was like, oh wait, actually I might I might like this particular title. So sure. Um, so basically there's a family who are going on vacation. They rent an Airbnb kind of, you know, out away from the hustle and bustle. Um, it's a mom and dad and two kids. And they start their vacation off. It seems pretty normal. Um, and then something happens. And w- I'm not trying to be vague there. That's just <laughs> that's just what it is. Something happens. The cable goes out. The radios aren't working. Um, the electricity flickers. Something just doesn't seem right. Um, they're in an unfamiliar area, so it's not even like there's neighbors next door that they can be like, do you know what's going on? Um, so as they decide... Um, you know, for the next day that they'll go into town and, you know, see if it's just, you know, isolated to their house that they're staying in or if it's, you know, something on a grander scale. Um, The couple that owns the house show up. Oh. And they're like, hey, uh, there's a complete blackout in New York. We're going to stay here. You guys need to leave. And so the family's like, no, thank you. <laughs> They're like, you know, we, we already paid the money. Here's the contract. Where we go? What's going on? Um, and the couple that owns the house don't um, don't really have very many details. And the family staying there is also initially suspicious anyway that is this really the couple that owns the house? Is there something else going on? This sounds made up. The entire blackout in New York. That seems odd. Um, and other things start happening in the story where it just, um, again, that buildup of dread that something bad has happened. Um, the father at one point drives out to try to find um, some more information in town. He gets lost. There's no GPS. There's no cell phone signal. There's nothing. And he's traveling all of these back roads trying to get back to this home that he's unfamiliar with. And so it's a, it's a buildup, and then he finds the home. So you kind of calm down a bit. Um, so it just continues on that way until, I know I keep saying this with spoiler, um, their son's teeth start falling out. So they're worried that there's something in the air um, causing something and they decide that they're all together going to make that trek into town figure out what's going on their daughter disappears they don't know where she is and the book ends and you're left just wondering what happened yeah yeah and you said it's not part of a series and it's not part of a series it's a one and done um and it was for, for me, it was very dissatisfying because even if they would have continued on just a little bit longer to kind of get that, you know, that realization for the family of what happened, um, that would have been better for me. So I would have stretched it out just a little bit further, maybe a few days 
even a few hours of them getting in the car and going. I just wanted just, some type of resolution, <laughs> something. It was, um, it was very dissatisfying in the end. Oh man, I, you spend all that time. See, I don't mind a slow burn. If it pays off. Right. And that's where I was, too. When I was, again, going, researching for the podcast, just <laughs> kind of seeing um, what others thought. And there's a scene at the very beginning where the mom goes to a grocery store. And the author, in detail, writes out everything that she's putting into the cart. Like, it's very detailed. And a lot of people hated that. Mm. But what it kind of shows is, and it it is a mundane fact, It there's no reason for it, except for just to understand that character where she's trying to be really conscious of like recyclable materials, but then she gets something that's, you know, heavy into plastics, mm-hmm. um, where you can see she's trying to make some of these different decisions for her family. It's just, it's a mundane fact. I didn't mind it. I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, it was a, just a way to get into that character's mind. I mean, I love a good exposition as much as the next person, but a whole book of it, I don't know. Like, But I, I love that whole kind of mystery, apocalyptic thing that may or may not be happening. Um, but I, I, I would be frustrated at the end, it, I think. You know, it just, it's just enough to tease you along the way. Um, so do you have an ending that you would have one I'm putting I'm putting Samantha on the spot oh, here. No. Like is there anything that you're like, this I, is how I wanted it to end? So whatever was actually happening, what I would have liked to do, so as um like I said, the the daughter disappears. She um the family it, it ends before they're reunited, but there is a chapter where it's from the daughter's point of view and it kind of goes into where she actually is, and she's fine. From the family's point of view, she disappears out of nowhere. There's why would why would she walk away from the home with all of this going on? Um, and it alludes to the fact that they will reunite. What I would have liked to do is see that reunification of the family, have them you know make their game plan, get in the cars, go into town, and whether it's the town um, where people have scattered or hunkered down. Or, you know, the military comes into the town and is trying to create, you know, that crisis center. I would have liked to see it at least get to that point and get some idea of what the future holds. Mm. If it would have just gotten to that point, um, that's where where I would have liked to see it. And maybe we'll get that uh, in my research. They are currently making a movie this book through Netflix. Oh, really? Um, and it's a real star-studded oh. cast, like Julia Roberts is in it, um, and it's due to release in December. Okay. So I'm very interested to see where they take it. Yeah, because oftentimes the adaptations or the, the you know the films or, or series based on books will take extra liberties to appease an audience, and I can't imagine them doing a star-studded sh- um, you know something and not answering it to a degree. Right. So I'm I'm interested to see their interpretation of it. Um, Hmm. That yeah, I'm with you. I think that sounds pretty cool though. I mean, I I do like that whole suspensey part of it. But mm -hmm. um, sometimes, and this is totally random, I found that if 
if I know something is coming out, because I don't mind spoilers personally, um, if I know something is coming out in movie or video form, sometimes I will actually wait to watch it and then read the book because I'm rarely disappointed with the book after watching a movie, but I am almost always <laughs> disappointed with the movie after reading the book. And so if I flip-flop it, it's kind of fun. I actually discovered that um, with Harry Potter series, actually, um, because I started um, reading it, and it was interesting because I had the characters very firmly established in my mind, and so it was like watching the movies again in my in my brain with those characters um, in there, but you know that there's not this same kind of process of holding it to the book. Yeah, um, we um, so. a, a good friend and I when we found out that Rebecca was being released as a movie, um, I had read it when I was in college. So I, I reread the book then, and we did the book and then the movie, and then complained the entire time about <laughs> the differences and why would they change this part so drastically that does it make sense for the character? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I feel like there's something about that... Um, reading of the book and using your own imagination to envision the characters and their voices and what they look like and uh, all of that and their kind of general vibe that y when they when an actor comes in or a director comes in and puts their spin on it it's harder to appreciate it yeah. people are like that's not what they look like yeah <laughs> at least in my mind that's what i do um but no thank you for that one that does sound i mean almost kind of a recommendation in some way but Leading into that, you have a very good recommendation for us that I'm excited about as well. Yeah, so my recommendation uh, is going to be The Good Neighbor, which is The Life and Works of Fred Roger, um, and that's by Maxwell King. So very nostalgic for, I, I think most people, well, I don't know now. Again, that time <laughs> slips away from you. Uh, Anyone who was born before 2000, I'll say that, probably is familiar with uh, Fred Roger and Mr. Roger's Neighborhood. I know it was a show that I watched um, when I was little, and it went on until um, Fred Roger passed away in, I think it was 2002, because um, he, he was working on the show really right up right up to that moment um, it was just a, a big passion of his and that's what the book goes into I mean it starts with his family um, and their occupations he actually came from a very well-to-do family they were very wealthy um, so he had a lot of opportunities that a lot of people didn't but throughout the book I mean he understood that mm -hmm. and he really pushed to, to to be better. He loved the idea of children's education. Um, I mean, and when he was coming up, TV was just starting to become a thing, and that's where he really jumped on that public access TV and children's programming, and he really put a lot of thought into the child psychology of it. Um, he himself was a child. Um, he was very lonely. He was kind of sheltered. Um, he had asthma. Mm -hmm. um, and he kind of used his experience as a child and his viewpoint on how to teach kids through um, 
Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and the previous shows he had worked on. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have fond memories of you know, watching Mr. Rogers, and I don't, I may or may not have developed my love of cardigans from him. Uh, Maybe. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, so I, I definitely rock the cardigan, um, and for some reason, every time I wear a red cardigan, I think of Mr. Rogers, so it's, uh, you know, he is definitely a pop icon for us, and really, you know, a cultural, more of that, really a cultural icon, I think, for an entire generation of people. Um, you know, and his his legacy of um, promoting literacy and empathy is something that I think pretty much anybody would be a better person for learning more about. Um, so was there anything that surprised you that you remember reading from the book or something that stood out specifically? Um, he had uh, two sons and there wasn't a lot about his parenting style, um, but there were a few sections that kind of talked about his struggles as a parent, which kind of you know makes me, okay, if if he struggles as a parent, <laughs> then I don't feel so bad because he is so methodical with talking to kids and getting on their level. And granted, most of the trouble he had was when his sons were teenagers and some of the trouble they got into. Um, so it's a little bit of a different audience than maybe his show was was for. Um, so that was a bit of a surprise. And then um, he actually went to seminary school. Oh, I didn't know that. And he was very religious, um, and he tried to take some of that aspect um, and incorporate in his show just about being a good person. Um, mm -hmm. So that kind of influenced him a lot. He did uh, go to um, Rollins College, which is in Orlando, Florida. And so when reading the book, I'm like, I know that place. I've driven by it. Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. Just making those those connections. Yeah, I think that that's one of the really wonderful things. Um, you've really brought us a, probably one of the larger varieties of books <laughs> that, that we have had. I mean, you know, we, we, have a, we have a children's book and then the beginning, and, you know, and then we've got some, uh, you know, mid-apocalypse, I yeah. guess, early, early apocalypse yeah. mystery book, and uh, then a nonfiction biopic about, about uh, Mr. Rogers. So um, I think it is safe to say that you are... <laughs> Your reading taste and the variety <laughs> of what you read is robust at the very least. I just, I'm open to pretty much anything. Yeah. Um, I did do the audiobook for this, which oh. was um, a little bit of a treat because it's uh, LeVar Burton who narrates and he is um, the host, he was the host of Reading Rainbow. So, again, another little component of. Oh my gosh, um, I don't know if I could handle all that know, nostalgia at the I same know. time. <laughs> Jeez, that sounds. Yeah, I, I am, as, as some of the knows, that anybody who has spent more than five minutes with me knows that I am a huge audiobook person. Um, I can go for weeks without turning on my TV, but if I don't have an audiobook that I am into at the moment, Sean is in a bad mood. So I think I'm gonna have to add that to my list, actually, of audiobooks that I want to listen to, which is rare, because usually I'm a fiction kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Mr. Rogers holds a special place in my heart as well. Um, so overall, is there anything else you kind of want to share about anything we've talked about today? 
Um, no, just uh, when uh, when you asked me to be on your podcast, um, as I told you, I was very nervous because I was like, I don't, I don't even know. I don't know what books to to pick. So I went home and I looked on my bookshelf and went through every single book. Um, I started making lists. I went through. Um, I of course have Hoopla and Libby, so I'm looking at those apps, um, going back through, looking at what I've listened to, um, and so that was also kind of nice, just being like, I don't remember this book at all, and flipping to a couple pages and being like, oh yes, I loved this book, um, and there were a few on my bookshelf that should be on my to-be-read pile, um, so I pulled those off because I had just tucked them away and then completely forgot about them. Um, so it was nice just revisiting all of that and remembering some of those stories. I think that's one of the wonderful things about books in general, right? Is that, you know, you have them, it's not your thing, you don't think about them all the day, you know, all day, all the time, but you, when you come across them again, it really does just kind of reignite the feelings and the ideas and the thoughts that you had while you were experiencing that book. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really glad that you that it kind of provided that opportunity for you yeah. to go through. I know that the first time that I was a guest on uh, the podcast before I became the host, I was on here twice, and I also went through an exhaustive process <laughs> of kind of trying to figure out exactly um, you know the right, the right books to, to bring up as well. Um, because, you know, I, I do read a fair amount, but also... I think sometimes when you read a lot, you forget the books that you've read. <laughs> well, you know, they, they can't all be, you know, five plus star. Right, exactly. So. <laughs> if you get down to the three, three and a half star for me, maybe even four, I might get a third into that book again and be like, oh. That's right. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot about that. But you've definitely added um, at least one, maybe two on my list for sure and listeners i hope that you have gained something as well from this uh and just so you know uh, hoopla and libby are both uh apps that you can get directly on your smartphone your tablet you can also access them on any internet enabled computer and you can access thousands upon thousands of ebooks audiobooks uh, music movies just uh it's an entire um, digital collection and you can access that all for free with your library card and if you're like I don't have a library card that's all right we will hook you up you can come on in to any of our six locations to be able to sign up for a library card directly or especially for Hoopla and Libby you're able to sign up for one of our digital cards directly on our website at muskegonlibrary.org and you can go from not having access to Hoopla or Libby and not having a library card to having a library card and having access to Hoopla and Libby in probably about five to seven minutes, I imagine. If you have any trouble with that, you can always give us a call, set up a time with any of our emerging technologies assistants, and they will be sure to walk you through uh, any of our apps or just help you learn how to use the technology that you have. And again, you can give us a call at 740-453-0391 or visit us on our website to learn more about that service as well. Samantha, thank you so much for being on our podcast. I know it was a little bit outside your comfort zone, um, but 
uh, and you, you put so much work and so much thought into um, you know selecting your titles, and I just I just really appreciate that, and I think our listeners appreciate it as well. So thank you so much. Thank you. This was really nice.